Thanks for tuning into the Central Church Podcast. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them follow him. To learn more about Central, access tons of content, and find the location nearest you, download our Central Church app. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message, and we're so glad you could join us today. All right, welcome everybody. Good to have you here with us. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you ate way too much food. Sorry if you're a Lions fan or a Cowboys fan. Yes, there are many things to be grateful for and the Dallas Cowboys are not one of them. Anyway, we had a great Thanksgiving. It's good to be with you, excited as we move into this holiday season. I want to say a special welcome to each of our locations. Uh, Lots of love to our Summerlin family. Good to have you guys out in Summerlin and our Sunrise Mountain and Southern Highlands families, our Kingman family. Uh, We love you guys. Yeah, let's give it up for them. We're grateful for uh, those who are joining us online and those who are joining us in different prison facilities in our partnership with God Behind Bars. Thank you guys for being with us today. Well, um, how many of you remember uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? How how many of you grew up with that book? We grew up with that book in our household. We read it a lot. Uh, You know, we enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun with it. And then, you know, the book became a cartoon and then it became a movie. So I thought we'd do a little quiz here, uh, see which one you like best. How many of you like the book best? Okay, like three people read. Um, All right. How many of you like the cartoon? We'll bring the cartoon uh, up here. How many of you like the cartoon? That's your thing. You like the cartoon. All right, all right. Uh, How many of you like the movie, The Grinch? Very good. And how many of you would just rather see this right here? Elf. Let's do some Elf. Yes. Um, I think, you know, The Grinch hits a nerve for a lot of us because it's easy to get Grinchy this time of year, isn't it? You guarantee the weather gets cold. It's cold out there, man. Anything below 60 is cold. It's freezing. Get grinchy about the weather, grinchy about the traffic, grinchy about all the things that we need to do and get done. You can get grinchy about extra hours at work. Come on, somebody. And they're like stacking it on. I used to be a shelver at Toys R Us back when they existed. And, um, you know, when I was uh, 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 in high school, and I remember like it was Christmas time was crazy time, right? It was just like all night long. We're shelving that stuff, lining everything up. And then during the day, I had to put this really hot, like uh, Disney kind of suit on and walk around and all those little kids, you know, didn't act impressed enough. Grinchy. Um, And that's just kind of what comes with this time of year. In fact, Dr. Seuss said that he actually came up with the idea of the, uh, the book, The Grinch, when he was looking at the mirror on December 26th. And he said the face looking back at him in his own mirror was Grinchy. And so he thought, you know, I'm going to write a book about what Christmas is really all about. Because Christmas can go south. I mean, it really can. Uh, you know, shopping's fun for a while. You just want to give some gifts, receive some gifts. But then it's like you got to figure out what people want. And you've always got, do you always have somebody in your life or your family that is impossible to shop for? You know what I'm talking about? Like no matter how much you try, you can't figure out that right gift for them. Or you might have five people in your life like that or even more. Um, and it could be, you can make you grinchy. You get all the decorations out, you know, or you get stuff ready to go. I mean, last year we put the lights up on our house. It was the only year we'll ever do that in our entire lives. 
and I'd put it off every year of my kid's childhood, and she had begged me, and this was her senior year of high school. I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it now, right? So we get all the lights out, all the stuff, and uh, you know, the first 10 minutes, everything was, was great. It was fun. It was warm fuzzies. And then it went south, man. I'm telling you, we had one of our biggest family fights putting Christmas lights up last year. And it wasn't like a yelling, screaming fight. Basically, you know, I started getting grinchy and then Lori started getting grinchy and then, you know, um, and then Lori started getting more grinchy. And I did what I always do, which is, you know, I'm not a big yeller or screamer, right? We just, it's not nuclear around our house. It's not like for some of you, you know, like the bomb goes off, but then you recover. No, no, we slide into the Cold War. And this could last a very long time. I iced them out. I didn't talk to them the rest of the day. I didn't talk to anybody the rest of the day. It was ugly. It gets grinchy. You're just trying to have a good Christmas, but things can go south. Then there's the Christmas pictures. You get older, you get families and all that. There's all this pressure. You got to get your Christmas picture taken. You know, it's not like you can just walk out like when you're in college and just snap a, you know, a selfie off your phone and Merry Christmas, everybody. You're good. Oh, no, we got to have the Christmas picture. We tried to do that this week. And the first day we had it scheduled, we had a friend of ours who was gonna be the photographer and shoot it for us, and first day it rained. We were rained out, right? So we, we rebooked it. And the reason it's important is because my daughter's home and she leaves, and this is like our only window to get it done. It's gotta happen right now. And then that day we were supposed to reschedule it too. The wind was blowing a million miles an hour. It was freezing outside. And then our poor photographer got really sick and is still sick. And so, you know, no picture. Grinchy, secretly, I was pretty stoked about this, but you know, <laughs> but for Lori, this is a big deal, right? You know, like, so this is what we're doing for this year, in case you're wondering. We're just, uh, we went back and she found a photo, an iPhone photo snapped in the spring, and we we're all like smiling and looking at the camera, and we're like, that one will work. Just make it black and white. Put one of those filters over it, right? So we got the filter over it. Literally like Black Friday, she's getting the Black Friday sale where you go on and you order your Christmas cards, you know, and they deliver, they get them all ready and deliver them. So she's working the sale on Black Friday, gets it all done. And then would you believe that uh, night when I got the mail and brought it in, um, we got our very first Christmas card from somebody else already. If you already, how many, anybody already sent your, your Christmas cards out? Anybody already done that? Look at that. Look at the overachievers that are part of the central family. We love you, but I got some cupboards that could be organized if you wanna come over. I need some other help right around the house. I opened up that picture, it's amazing, beautiful picture, professional photographer, and I'm like, yeah, of course, of course it is. Got our black and white, but it'll work. It's gonna be fine. Get Grinchy. Get Grinchy. So I wanna to talk to you uh, this week, next weekend, throughout December, just about how we can ungrinch our Christmas and maybe reconnect with God and with others and reconnect with joy in the busyness of the holiday season. And today I wanna to look with you at Luke chapter two, uh, which is the gospel of Luke and the Christmas story at um, one particular story at somebody that we can learn from named Anna. And she's kind of a, a character you don't hear about a lot, but Anna was a prophetess and she's in the temple when Jesus is brought to the temple at eight days old. He's taken there to be circumcised. They're following the Jewish customs. They go to the temple and they meet Anna. And we learn a few things from her life that I think can inspire us in our own lives. So we'll bring this up on the screen. I'll read it out loud together. Uh, just follow along with me when we get to the, the highlighted word. Read that out loud, real loud with me. And uh, let's check this out. Luke chapter two, beginning in verse 36. It says, Anna, a prophet, 
was also there in the temple as she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. And then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. Yes. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night. What'd she do? Worshiping God with fasting and prayer. So here's this prophetess. Her name is Anna. She's in the temple. That's where she hangs out. She worships God. She's been through a lot in her life. She's lost a husband. She's dealt, navigated life as a widow in a society and in a time where there was really no safety net, no social safety net, nothing, no kind of support really that they could get. She probably got that at the temple, through the temple. She's there. She's worshiping. She's praising God and she's connecting with God. Listen, the holiday can be not just a grinchy time. It can be a lonely time. You know, it can be a time where in some seasons in your life, it's really ramped up. People that you've lost, people that aren't here with you, people that, uh, you, you know, family situations that change. It could be a work situations that change. It can be a lonely time. And I think Anna gives us some insight into how we can reconnect with joy, even in some lonely seasons in our lives. The first thing she does very simply, she connects with God. And that's a challenge for us to connect with God. You know, this past week we were, we were getting our Christmas stuff set up on the inside, not the outside of our house. And um, we pulled out the old uh, nativity that was given to us as a wedding gift like 50 billion years ago. And I was kind of amazed that we had all the parts and pieces to it. I brought a little picture here so you can see it. This is our little nativity all set up. And uh, the baby Jesus, you know, he's there. You can see him there. But we were laughing because when our kids were little, one of those years we did the hide the Jesus thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where you set the nativity up and and then you you tell your kids like, but Jesus isn't born yet, not till Christmas, you know, so you kind of hide Jesus, right? And then you're supposed to bring him out on Christmas. Like, boom, there he is, right? Except we hid Jesus too well. No lie. We hit Jesus so well that when Christmas came, we searched the whole house. We went through drawers. We looked under everything. We we could not find Jesus. Jesus was gone. He was MIA. Jesus had left the building. And I remember like on Christmas, we just thought, well, they won't even remember. My little son's standing there and he goes, where's the baby Jesus? Isn't the baby Jesus supposed to be here? It's Christmas. And this is when you improvise as a pastor. You go, well, Jesus lives in our heart now. Jesus is right here. You're welcome. You ever lose Jesus. About eight months later, we found Jesus. Stuck in some drawer in this hutch, you know, all buried up under the stuff. We pulled him out. We still have him to this day. We didn't play hide Jesus anymore after that. But I was thinking about that story because, you know, I think this is the time of year where you can confess to believe in Jesus Christ. You can be a follower. You can have faith. But in the busyness, in all the stuff going on in our life, we can sort of compartmentalize God. We can sort of put God in the drawer. We can, we can kind of hide Jesus, if you will, in our lives. We love him. We believe in him. It's not even something I think we do intentionally. It just happens. And when that happens, we make ourselves vulnerable to just be miserable in the holidays, miserable in the traffic, miserable in the gift buying, miserable every time you check your checking account balance, you know, miserable in the whole pro- Why? Because you're not connecting to the source of joy during the holiday season, right? So the best thing that I think we can do in this season is stay connected to God on a daily basis. Make sure he's not compartmentalized in our lives, right? Make sure he's an active part of our lives, that we're thinking about him, learning, reading our Bibles, worshiping, praying. I mean, John 15, 5, Jesus says this so clear. Look at this. He says, um, 
Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. And those who what? Remain in me. You gotta remain in him. You remain in me, he says, and I in them, they'll produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Right, he's saying remain in me, stay connected to me, uh, 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 keep leaning into me. And that's important because when we're staying connected to God, we remember who we are. You remember your identity, who God says you are. We are assaulted every day in our culture to find our identity in all kinds of external things, to find your identity in success. Some of you, you're athletes, to find your uh, identity in your athletic success or your sports success, right? To find our identity in our work success, in our accomplishments, in our achievements, uh, to find our identity in our relationship status, right, and how things are going in the relationship, to find um, our identity. We're just assaulted with all this, all on the external. And at Christmas, it can be about having a Christmas that was like previous Christmases. It can be all about like having the right family here. And have you ever noticed sometimes it's the family that you want to show up that doesn't stay long enough and the family you don't want comes early and stays late. You know, like, there's all these dynamics that can happen around the holidays. And if our identity isn't grounded in our faith in Jesus Christ and who he says we are, we can get tossed and we can lose our joy and it could be a mess in our lives. We got to remember, imagine it like a tree. On the top, you've got the branches going out. You've got all this external stuff, but beneath the ground, you have the roots. God is your root system. He's the one who says underneath the ground, you are loved, you are chosen in Jesus Christ, you are forgiven in Jesus Christ, you are valuable because God says you're valuable. You have his spirit within you. You've been empowered to walk in his power. You have everything you need for godliness in your life. God isn't gonna abandon you, he isn't gonna leave you. Jesus says, behold, I am with you even until the end. He's gonna see it all the way through to the end. In. The Bible says underneath, in your roots, look, he who began a good work in you will see it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That's your identity. That's who you are. And when you're rooted in that, when you're grounded in that, that empowers you to deal with all kinds of stuff above the surface, right? When things are going good at work, awesome. When things are going terrible at work, you're still awesome because of who God says you are. Look, when your relationship status is great, great great. When your relationship status is terrible, you're still okay because of who God says you are. When you're facing Christmas and your work's good and money's good and everything's good and all the family's coming in, great. But when you're facing Christmas and work's not good and money's not coming in and family aren't all coming home to visit and it doesn't look good, you're still okay because of who God says you are. You're rooted. You're rooted. We got to remember our identity as followers of Jesus. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I wanna challenge you. Even today could be a day where you cross that line of faith in your life and you begin to realize who God says you are and you begin to allow him to move and work in your life. Some of you, you've already placed your faith in Christ. Many of you around here at Central, but you've yet to take the step of being baptized. And so I wanna encourage you, after our experiences at any of our locations, just let somebody know you'd like to be baptized. We'd be honored to baptize you. We'll do it today. It would be our privilege for you to take that step in connecting with God. You know, for me, every morning when I get up, lately I've been thinking a lot about this quote a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle, said. He said, successful people do regularly 
what other people do occasionally. Or you could say successful people do daily what other people do occasionally. So every morning when I get up, the very first thing, including this morning, 6 a.m. for me, sorry for all you night owls, I'm a morning guy. 6 a.m., very first thing, from 6 to 7 a.m., that's my time that I devote to God. And I go make a cup of coffee, okay? First thing I do, I sit down, I open up my Bible on my phone, my Bible app, I open it up, I'm in my reading plan, I read, I pray, I pray for you every day, I pray for our central staff, I pray for our locations, I pray that God will move and work. I can just tell you, I don't end every single morning like skipping and hopping and all fired up, but more mornings than not, when I say amen, I feel so much better. I feel like a burden is off my chest. I don't have to carry the weight of today. My God is gonna carry the weight of today. I've given it to him. And whether you give him the first part of your day or the last part of your day or some part that you can piece together in the middle, stay connected with God. One of my favorite stories is a story Brennan Manning tells of um, a guy named Ed Farrell who had gone, he's from Detroit and he went to visit his uncle, Uncle Seamus in um, Ireland for his 80th birthday. So he goes, he reconnects with his uncle and they get up the next morning and they go down by this lake. It's really early. They're trying to see the sun come up and so it's like dark early. They're walking along the lake and uh, Ed says that his uncle Seamus, at 80 years old, they'd walk for about 20 minutes and he starts to do something you don't see a lot of 80-year-old people do. He starts skipping along the beach front of the lake. And he said he's kind of like, okay, and this goes on for a while, and then he, he finally catches up to him, and he's almost out of breath, and he says, Uncle Seamus, he says, why are you so happy? He says, his uncle has tears running down his face. And he said, well, it's easy. It's because the father is so fond of me. And I wonder how many of us in our lives walk around with an awareness that God is actually fond of us, that he loves us, that he's created us in his image, that he's proud of you in Jesus Christ, that that's who you are. The more I stay connected to who I am, the more I can handle the traffic, the more I can handle the lines, the more I can handle all the crazy people, and the more I can remember that it doesn't have to be perfect to be meaningful. In fact, this holiday, one of the things that I've just been kind of saying to myself is I don't just wanna give gifts, I wanna give my presence, my presence before God and my presence to other people, time and invest in that in their lives. So connect with God. Another way you can experience joy is just connect with others. Uh, I was laughing, looking through my phone, I found uh, this uh, picture of um, a little door hanger that Emma did, our daughter, when she was younger and, uh, and at home, and here, here's what it is, a little stocking, and she says, place your compliments here. <laughs> you could ask her like why you did this, and she'd say, probably so my brother would be nice to me. But, um, you know, we all love to connect with other people. We all have a need in our life to connect with other people. And I think this is a time of year where even though it's supposed to be about that, it can just sort of get lost. I mean, when you look at the biblical story, Anna, she not only experiences God, she worships day and night, but in Luke chapter two, verse 38, this is what we read. It says, uh, 
She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. Simeon was the priest. It's a whole other cool story in Luke. And she began praising God. And she talked about the child to who? Everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So Anna's there. She's worshiping. And she gets to meet Jesus. Amazing, right? And then she tells everybody that she can about what God has done in her life. She's sharing the good news. If you want to experience joy this holiday season, stay connected to God and then share what God is doing in your life with others. Don't hold it all to yourself. Share it because that will bring joy back into your life. And sometimes God can use a simple invite that way. I remember a couple years ago, I, uh, I always carry our central invites on me. I always carry, especially at, at uh, I load up big at Christmas and um, so I've got my central invite here. I remember a couple years ago, I was talking to a, a guy that I had just met and I invited him to central. He didn't know I was the pastor or anything. I didn't tell him. I just said, hey man, you need to come check out. I didn't want to scare him off, you know. I said, hey, you need to come up, check out, you know, Christmas at central. I told him all about it. I gave him a card. And um, I'll never forget, you know, went through Christmas. I've done that a thousand times. You never know if it's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen. But this was just two years ago, and I, or maybe three. I walked out, I was walking down the hallway and uh, I saw him and he was here. He actually came, which, you know, that's sort of like, hey, bro, you actually showed up. And not only, not only that, but I started to talk to him and he said, you know, today, I, he goes, I did it. I said, well, you did what? And he said, you know, at the end of the service, you ask people to pray a prayer and raise their hand if they want to be Christians. And he goes, I did it. I'm like, you, you did. <laughs> you accepted Christ into your life. He goes, yeah. So we got to talk about it. But I'll, that was such a moment for me, just walking away going, you never know what a simple invite can do. You never know what a simple invite can do. We have uh, a couple different central locations that meet in Florida in uh, beach bars. Because you know around here at Central, we'll, we'll go anywhere. And um, so we have uh, some amazing pastors and leaders. They meet in outdoor beach bars on the weekend. These are not necessarily just little small groups. Like uh, Central Florabama often has 1,500 people that gather out on the beach every weekend. And um, uh, our, uh, our Pensacola campus is amazing, doing a great job, touching a whole lot of lives. I mean, it's amazing what God's doing in these beach bar locations. And we're prayerfully getting ready to launch another one as well, which we're very excited about. But uh, Pastor Rick Long, who pastors our Florabama location, um, he was trying to invite some people to come along to church. And he invited uh, this guy that was the owner of a skydiving company where they skydive right down onto the beach. And this guy goes, yeah, I'll come to church. He goes, if you'll skydive uh, with me, I'll come to church. Check out this picture. This is, this is Pastor Rick right here. He did it. He skydived into, and he did it on Sunday morning right before services started. This was last week. He skydived into church, and supposedly this weekend, the owner is supposed to be attending church. I mean, and I, I asked Rick about it. He goes, man, I'll do anything short of sin if I can help reach somebody for Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you have to skydive. I don't plan on skydiving, and if you have a skydiving company, don't even think about it. But I will do this. This is my car. I just, I had it done just now. That's my daughter, Emma. She just did it. It's my little Honda out there, my little Honda Civic. 
I got it all stenciled up with shoe polish, and I am ready to go. So it's one way to kind of get the word out this central, but this uh, this Christmas. But one of the things that Anna does is she tells everyone she meets about Jesus and who He is. God can use simple things in powerful ways if we'll be open. Another thing when it comes to connecting with others during the holiday is just slowing down, making time. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was speaking for a friend of mine at a church in Austin, Texas. And uh, it was Saturday night. It was about 10 p.m. We got back to, uh, to our hotel, and I knew I needed to hit my notes because on Sunday morning, I needed to be ready to speak, right? So they had this huge fire down in the hotel outside kind of lobby area. I'm like, okay, Lori was going to go to bed, and I'm like, I'll, I'll go down. I'll sit around the fire. I'll look at my notes. I'll get it all kind of worked out. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm working, working on my notes, and this whole group of people, this whole group of guys comes and sits out around the fire. And so I start talking to these guys. They ask me like, what do you do? And that usually kills a conversation for me. You know, I'm like, what do you do? I'm a pastor in Vegas. Uh, 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 awkward silence, right? You know, so, so they're like, what do you do? I'm like, this, this is going to be a killer in Austin. They ain't even going to know what to do with this. You know, like, I'm a pastor in Vegas. And um, guy goes, no, get out. I go, yeah, he goes, I'm a pastor in Houston. I'm like, no. And then all these guys start coming. He goes, these guys are all, my, all our staff team. Once a year, we do a staff retreat, and we all go away together. So they had driven from Houston to Austin to get away for two days to do planning and just kind of get time together. They do it once a year. And so we all ended up sitting there and talking. And I'm this stranger. They don't know me. They don't know me. They started doing their, their business. And before long, they're all pulled up over near the fire. And 11 o'clock comes and goes. And midnight comes and goes. And 1 o'clock comes and goes. We're sharing war stories. We're talking about crazy stuff that's happened in our lives. By two in the morning, I'm like, guys, I got to go to sleep. And then they did something that really touched me. Pastor Blake got up. He goes, he goes, all right. He goes, come on, guys. And they all gathered around me, around this fireplace. They laid hands on me. And right there at the hotel, uh, they took a pretty significant amount of time and prayed over me. And ask that tomorrow morning, God, speak through Pastor Judd. Give him wisdom, especially since we cut into his prep time. And he doesn't even know what he's doing now. Like, you know, so they, they prayed over me. And then when I got up to leave, they say, what, what church are you speaking at anyway? I said, oh, it's, just, it's not far. It's this church called Lake Hills Church. Pastor Mac Richard, a great friend of mine. And uh, they just kind of nodded. And one of them goes, well, maybe we'll come. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're, you'll come. This is like, okay, you got to understand, like in pastor world, you'd only get like three or four weekends off where you're not doing something a year. And you don't go hear some guy you don't know that you just met at a hotel on one of those three or four weekends. You know what I'm saying? With me? Anyway, sure enough, I walked out on Sunday morning and there's this whole crew of guys sitting on the second row that I'd just met the night before taking their one weekend off and who knows how long to be there to cheer me. Here's a picture of all of us out by the fire. That's a little snapshot there. That's Pastor Blake in the LA hat. But these men blessed me. And then the whole time I spoke, they, they, they talked back to me a little bit. They gave me some love. They were nodding. They were leaning in. They're giving me energy, right? And they blessed me. And I've been thinking about that the last two weeks. Like, it, it, what does it take to bless somebody in the holiday season? One, you gotta be available and you gotta be willing. And I think that's it. These men were available to let an encounter that they hadn't planned on crash into their schedule. They were willing to go with it, and then they showed up to bless 
somebody else. And we're, heck, we're friends now, man. We all connected. We follow each other on social media. I'm at their wives. Like, that's all it takes. You just, this holiday season, my reminder for me is I got to slow down and not miss these moments that God could give me where I could bless somebody else. I've been driving in the middle lane on the freeway. Uh, I've been doing it the last two weeks. My wife can testify to this. She was, she's, because at one point we're driving down the freeway. I mean, now I always drive in the fast lane, always, you know, like, and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. You know, it's a problem. <laughs> I've been driving in the middle lane for two weeks straight. Lori, at one point she goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She goes, you're just, you're so relaxed and you're driving the speed limit one mile below the speed limit in the middle lane. Are you daydreaming? Like, what's happening? And I said, no, this is, this is a commitment I'm making right now. And my commitment is this. When I know I'm about to get in the car, I'm just saying, Lord, you got it. The whole earth is yours. I'm going to relax. I'm going to drive in the middle lane. I'm only going to get there five minutes slower anyway. You know, like, I'm going to lower my stress level, and I'm just going to kind of be in the moment. She's like, okay, interesting. Don't hold me to it, okay? If you see me fly past you in a gray Honda Civic with central Christmas stenciled over the back, all right? Just think, ah, oh, that's our pastor. It, it only lasted two weeks, and then he was out. I won't hold you to it either, right? Hey, that central stuff on the back of your car, that don't have nothing to do with speed limits, right? We're good on all that. We just do what we got to do. God might use your speeding. You never know. They drive like that, I need to go to that church. <laughs> but connecting with others, making time for others, and allowing God to, to, to use me to bless other people. You have an opportunity this holiday season. In the busyness of it all, walk slowly through the crowds. In the busyness of things at work, keep your eyes open and your ears open for a simple conversation, for how you can bring encouragement to somebody, for how you could be present to bring hope to somebody's life. Because God can use you in powerful ways. One of my favorite stories, a story I found uh, uh, two years ago, it was um, about a little four-year-old girl named Nora. She was at a grocery store getting a birthday cake for herself, and uh, there was a gentleman there named Dan who was 82 years old, and she, she walked up to him and she said, hi, old person. And he said hi, and that was kind of it. But then she changed her mind, and she decided it was her birthday, and she wanted to go back and find Dan and get a picture with Dan. And so mom was like, okay, geez, all right, it's her birthday. You know? So they go around, and, and uh, they, they find Dan, and they find out that Dan's 82, that Dan's wife had died six months earlier, that he was a, he was a widow, and that he was... Um, very depressed, you know, he had tears in his eyes as he talked to little, little Nora, this little four-year-old. They took the picture and he looked at her and he said, you know, this is the best thing that's happened to me in a long time. And he thanked her. What surprised me is that wasn't kind of the end of the story. I just read more of the story and, and they started to hang out together and uh, Tara, the mom's name, started to go over to Dan's house and bring her little girls and, and they would draw and they would garden and, and she says Dan's become like one of her closest friends, you know, and, and, and her kids absolutely love him. It gave him a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It gave him a reason to shave in the morning and to take care of himself. Simple things. But they took the time to connect. She said, he's, as they learned about his life, he's a pilot, he's uh, an engineer, um, he's had this incredibly rich life, and they've begun to make a difference in his life. 
And she said, one of the biggest things she's learned is that there are no invisible people. And I think that's good for us to carry over the next few weeks. There's no invisible people. Everybody that you and I lock eyes with matters to God. So if you want joy this holiday season, that's the best I can offer you. Connect with God, the source of your joy. Remember who you are and connect with others. Walk, slow, walk a little slower. Take a deep breath. Be open to God interrupting your schedule and maybe surprising you with a new friend or a new relationship. Maybe you're here today and you've never really crossed that line of faith. And I'd love to just give you an opportunity to become a follower of Jesus today and to connect with him. Jesus came and lived and died and rose again so that you could be forgiven and free. He loves you. That's really what Christmas is all about. And so if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by repeating the simple prayer after me. Would all of you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, would you just slip your hand in the air just to acknowledge that you're gonna follow him in your life and you're gonna trust him. Just slip your hand in the air. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We pray for each person just reaching out to you today and we pray that you'll fill them with peace and joy that you'll walk with them and that your presence will be such a gift in their life. We commit them to you. We ask for your blessing in all of our lives as we follow you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.